following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 128, Ben Sclair, publisher of General Aviation News, and lessons learned from the movie Sully. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Sean Moody, Eric Crump, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Hello, everyone. This is Carl Valeri. I'll be your host this evening. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to interview Ben Sclair, uh, publisher of General Aviation News and also Living With Your Plane. And we also will be reviewing the movie Sully and discuss lessons learned from the movie and things that we can apply to general aviation. Let's do the pre-flight. But first, I want to say hello to everybody. We have joining us Rick Felty, Larry Overstreet, Tom Frick, and Victoria Newell. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, hey. It's great to have everybody here on the podcast, and it's always exciting as we rotate through our, our co-hosts that uh, we all take have all these different experiences, and it's been wonderful hearing from you and the experiences you've actually received from Stuck Mike Avcast and the inspirational stories. Uh, before we get started with the interview with Ben Sclair, by the way, this interview was done uh, during Oshkosh. Uh, we both didn't make it to Oshkosh, Air Venture, but we actually sat on Skype and talked a little bit about his publication. We'll get to that in a minute, but we have a couple of announcements here. First, an uh, announcement from our sponsor. Aviation Careers Podcast is sponsoring this podcast. Uh, we inspire future aerospace professionals by giving you an inside look into the aviation and aerospace industry. Aviation Careers Podcast has the largest scholarships directory. We do interview preparation and also career coaching. To find out more, visit aviationcareerspodcast.com, and it's free. Next, uh, we have an announcement here for, uh, oh, Tom Frick. Tom, uh, congratulations to Tom Frick. Uh, yesterday, he passed his instrument flight instructor check ride. Congratulations, Tom. Yay. Uh, All right, yeah. Tom. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's a tough one. Thank, thank, yes, and thank God it's behind me now. So on to bigger <laughs> and better things now. I'll start trying some of this multi-engine stuff, see what, see what it's like with more than one engine on the plane. Very cool. So any instrument questions, we can send them to Tom Frick at StuckMikeAvcast. I'm sorry, it's, you don't have that there. But just send us contact at, at StuckMikeAvcast.com, and we'll send them all along to Tom, because now Tom is our, our resident expert on instrument flying. This is so cool, Tom. I know you've been working really hard, and, and really, congratulations, and uh, it's been it's been a trying time. I know you've been going through some changes with your flight school, and uh, you've had a lot of challenges along the way, uh, but you stuck to it, and, and I, I really admire you for doing that, Tom, so congratulations. Well, thank you, Carl. I really appreciate that. So the next announcement we have is actually, Victoria, you have uh, discussed a little bit about Paws and Planes and an event coming up. Yeah, um, our annual event has become such a big hit, Paws and Planes. Um, it's holiday at the airport on Saturday, November 19th at Frederick Airport. Um, what we do is we have about 10 to 12 stations that children can go around and learn about different aspects of aviation from balloons to how airplanes fly. Um, they get to learn the phonetic alphabet, radio communications, and of course meet Turbo the Flying Dog, 
and Santa Claus. Santa Claus will be flying in in a red decathlon and kids will be able to come and take pictures with him. So uh, it was such amazing, amazing um, experience the past few years we've done this event and uh, we're doing it again on November 19th. So if anyone wants to fly out and help, um, give me a ring. So, Victoria, if they aren't able to make it to that event, you still are going to have some of these in the future. The best way to find out is to go to your website, I'm assuming, Turbo the Flying yeah, Dog. Yeah, TurboTheFlyingDog.com, and then as well as his Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash TurboTheFlyingDog has, um, we put events up as we, we create them, so... Awesome. And and if you're listening right now, please go to Stuck Mike Avcast and uh, check out the links. We have links to everything we talk about here, so make sure you go to visit the page. You can actually listen to the podcast right on our page, so you can find Turbo the Flying Dog right there. We have a cool picture of one of the books on the side. Actually, we have to update that to your newest uh, book, so I'll have to put that on the side of the uh, Stuck Mike Avcast page. And I don't think we have don't the Don't do one that there. yet, because there might be a third book on the horizon. Dun-dun-dun. So. Cool. <laughs> awesome. And, oh, by the way, I just downloaded it to my iPad I think on Amazon Kindle. It was pretty cool. So, oh, good. I, yeah, so when I'm in the in the oh, cockpit wow. saying hi to kids now, instead of having the book with me, I'll, like, open it up and show it to them and stuff like that. And I say, here, That's look the best. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. They like it. And, uh, well, what's hap- to be honest with you, what's happening is my book got a little tattered. And, yeah, uh, yeah I carry that thing with me. And I was like, you know, i got to do this some different way. And I said, oh, let's do it electronically. We're in the new age of, of flying here, so I might as well uh, put it on my iPad. Uh, oh, but, I love this. <laughs> it's cool stuff. But great book if uh, you have uh, children or big kids like myself that like to read children's books, you know, I would recommend it highly. Turbo the Flying Dog in the series. Really, really neat, and I love to, to follow the story. Uh, as a matter of fact, what's interesting is, is and I like to recognize all of our co-hosts as far as what they do outside of here, and, and it's it's kind of aviation-related, more aerospace. Uh, Rick Felty is also <laughs> an, an author, and he, he has a, a series, Tabitha Fink. And it's, Tabitha uh, Fink, yeah. 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 And, uh, a- aerospace. It's an aerospace series. It's, it is. It's an aerospace series. <laughs> it's, I know it's a stretch, Rick. I'm trying. But It's a one-eyed cat. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I t- recently had some good news with with the second book in that series. Um, it won a, a Reader's Favorite Award, which is a um, pretty cool thing and fun to be able to say and and talk about. And uh, it'll be – there's some kind of ceremony in Miami. I won't be at that, but there, it, I had to ship some books to them to to make available down there and, uh, in October sometimes. So that's all very cool. And uh, the third – just like Victoria, there, there definitely is a third book in the works. And it – it will not be even aerospace related. So, but there will be a cat, and the cat will only have one eye. I can tell you them. Yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> well, great. Congratulations, uh, Rick. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. Uh, also, let's see. Oh, next thing we have is a shout out. I think uh, Larry. Larry, uh, you had a shout out from uh, one of our listeners on I think uh, Twitter or what was that? Go ahead and let us. Yeah. Talk. No, this is on this is on Facebook. It was Facebook. really fun to hear. Um, our listener from Ohio, uh, JD Smoot, who's a friend of mine on Facebook. Uh, his post here is just a sentence or so I'll read. He says, after 14 months of training, numerous delays for weather, finding a place to take a written exam, maintenance issues, two letters of discontinuance for paperwork and transponder issues, and many, many four-letter words. Mm-hmm. I got this piece of paper that says I can now fly through the clouds and above 18,000 feet, and it's his instrument rating. And so I messaged him and, and said, hey, now go fly above those clouds. It's beautiful up there. And then he responded and he said, thanks. It's severe, clear forecast for the next few days, though. By the way, I really enjoy the work that you guys do at Stuck Mike Avcast. Part of the reason that I kept on going with my rating was listening to you guys to keep motivated. 
Awesome. So thanks and congrats to JD Smoot. Uh, safe flying and enjoy that instrument rating. It's one of the most fun ratings I've ever, you know, had the pleasure of uh, uh, earning myself. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, JD. That's awesome. And if you have a story like that you want to share, don't forget to go to our Facebook page at Stuck Mike Avcast. Easy to find. Facebook.com slash Stuck Mike Avcast. And also contact at Stuck Mike Avcast.com. We really like to share some of your stories uh, to keep other people motivated, especially if you've been out of aviation. I want to hear your story uh, and I want to hear about your challenges, just like JD's and moving forward in, in his ratings. I think that's really, really important. Awesome, Larry. Thanks so much for sharing that, Larry. Now entering crew flight well guys you know we have uh we have our first uh we have before we get started with our our second part of our discussion i know a lot of people are listening to this to to discuss the uh the sully movie and and i've gotten a lot of feedback from that but first thing we're going to do is we had an interview with with ben sclare i interviewed him uh during oshkosh like i said really neat guy he's one of my favorite people in aviation because every time i talk to him he's extremely passionate and when you're around him that this is the neat thing you always meet other people that are very passionate about aviation and uh, he's a publisher of general aviation news and some other uh, publications and he's involved in a lot of things in aviation uh, and has some roots back in uh, air adventure but you know what i'm gonna let uh, i'm gonna let uh, ben sclare uh, discuss that in our interview. So, uh, Mr. Producer, let's go ahead and, uh, and roll the interview. Welcome to the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm Carl Valeria. I'm joined with uh, somebody who I think is a real spe- special person in aviation, somebody who gets the word out through the industry and is someone who's passionate about general aviation, and that's Ben Sclare. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Nice well, to be here. Yeah, Ben, he uh, he actually is, is somebody that I get to see often at air shows, and I get to interview you, uh, usually for you know Sun and Fun Radio, but you've never actually been on our podcast, so this is really exciting to have you here. Uh, yeah. But before we get started, Ben does this, a great job as a publisher of General Aviation News. Uh, it, it's like a tabloid, and it's some great, great information, uh, some very prescient articles, focused, uh, a real clear-cut focus on general aviation, general aviation pilots like myself. Even though I fly for the airlines, I love general aviation, and you find that most airline pilots like that too. Another cool thing that he does, he publishes a website. It's called Living With Your Plane, and we're going to talk about that also because, gosh, who doesn't want to live with their airplane, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Ben, you know, moving back, let's go look at uh, that GA News and, and your, your story as far as uh, how you got started in doing this. This is such a uh, – it's a small market but a passionate market. Uh, why, why General Aviation News? Why did you start this? Well, I, I, to be clear, I, I did not start it. Uh, my, my parents bought it in 1970, about uh, two weeks after I was born. And, uh, and so I've been in and around this uh, industry and this publication since, uh, yeah, literally since I was born. Uh, they bought it from a gentleman named Jack Brown who founded it in, uh, in 1959 as the Northwest Flyer. And, uh, and then through various acquisitions of other defunct publications and whatnot, uh, we trace our heritage back to 1949, and uh, we've been operating every, uh, every month since. And uh, with <laughs> good Lord willing, we'll be continuing to do that for many more years. Well, I really hope you do continue. It's the, the cool thing about GA News or General Aviation News is that you have so many passionate writers and, mm-hmm. and your articles are focused on GA. And, and most people would say, you know, 
Ben, you're kind of nuts to be doing this. This is who, who the heck's going to get into general aviation and, and be able to, to withstand the ups and downs of the industry? This is, this is just a very, very difficult industry. Right now, it's great. But boy, through the downturns, how in the world do you survive? Just like everybody, you know, you, you tighten your belt, you, you work a little harder, you, you know, make that extra call, you, you, you answer that extra email, and just keep, just keep plowing, you know, you just, uh, that's the way most aviators are, I believe, they're, you know, resilient folks, and, and uh, if, it's a, if it's truly a passion, you know, you, as well as a business in my case, uh, you know, you just find ways to make it work. You know, one thing I really love about about your publication is that you do so many different uh, specializations without throughout the year. You do some special publications both at Sun and Fun. You do them at Oshkosh. Uh, you have focus publications on different topics. Tell us a little bit about those. You know, the different types of of, of focus topics areas on your different publications, and also what you do at both Sun and Fun and at Oshkosh. Well, so to, to be to be clear, we so we started what is today Air Venture Today, the daily newspaper at, at Oshkosh, which is going on right now as you and I are speaking, Carl. <laughs> this and, is the which, not at Oshkosh. Podcast. Yeah, right. Not, neither <laughs> neither of us are there. I decided after uh, I don't know thirty five or forty years, I was going to take a break wow. uh, for a year, wow. and uh, it's been it's been nice to be home this week. The weather's been great. So anyway, we we founded with with Paul Poberesny, uh the uh, what back then was called EAA Today, the daily newspaper that they produce and i i don't know 15 years ago or so we we parted ways uh, happily or mutually and uh, they took over uh production of what they call today air venture today the crew i know a lot of the crew there they do a great job in trying circumstances it's it's tough to get around that those grounds but yeah so it's a daily newspaper for for the event and the community that is uh air venture we do the same thing in uh, in Sun and Fun, my my parents actually started Sun and Fun today many many years ago, and uh, for uh, I, I don't know the reason I was I was young at the time. Uh, we stopped publishing it, and then a gentleman named Todd Huvard, who published the Southern Aviator, started it back up and did a great job for Sun and Fun with Sun and Fun today. And uh, in 1999, we bought the Southern Aviator, and with that came obviously uh, sun and fun today so uh, this last year was my 19th 18th or 19th sun and fun today which if anybody's familiar with it you uh you know that uh, that sun and fun is a smaller version of of air venture in oshkosh but it is every every bit as passionate uh of a community that comes together for six days in in central florida and uh we have the privilege of working with a great organization and producing a lot of great content and telling a lot of great stories and having a lot of fun. Yeah, Sun and Fun today is something I always look forward to on the deck at the Sun and Fun Radio. As right. most folks here know, uh, I help out there as one of the hosts, and I, I'm usually in front of the microphone waiting for Ben to come by because uh, <laughs> I know it's always going to be a great interview. You know, it, what's interesting about your story, Ben, is that you uh, were in aviation from the moment you were born. Do you, do you know when the first time you got in an airplane was? Do you remember that, or do you know when that might be? I, I don't know. I don't remember it. I was two weeks old. Um, <laughs> two weeks I, old. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been... And then, uh, you know, we moved up uh, shortly after we bought... We were in Oklahoma at the time, and uh, uh, about a month after I was born, we moved up to Washington State, which is where I've resided ever since, and uh, grew up on an air park. Um, so that feeds into the living with your plane aspect of it. Um, but, yeah, so I've been flying ever since I can remember. I You know, most uh, most people can remember their first plane ride i i can't so 
Interesting. Wow, that's that's neat. Now, how obviously this led to you becoming a pilot and getting into Correct. aviation. And so, where are you now? Where you have your private instrument? So yeah, I started. Uh, my dad and I built an ultralight, and when I was thirteen, I started uh, taxiing it up and down the runway, and uh, and then getting a foot off the ground and two feet, and finally flying around the pattern. Which, as I look at my children who are seventeen, fifteen, and and uh, ten. I, uh, I I think about the horror of letting one of them as a 13-year-old uh, fly around the pattern uh, outside of my caring hands. Um, so I, I thank my, my parents every day for, for letting me do that. Um, but then, yeah, soloed, soloed a Cub on uh, my 16th birthday and then uh, private and uh, went to the university in North Dakota and, and to be an airline pilot and uh, decided I, that was something I didn't want to do, but I did ultimately didn't want to do but uh did get my uh commercial instrument multi-engine ratings and uh right now i am i am in the best of all situations i think at this point in time i, I have the keys to a hangar that uh, a buddy of mine rents and inside the hangar is a, a 1946 j3 cub that uh my 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 obligation when i get done flying it is to fill it up and uh it's it's a very nice it's a very nice relationship. So the only thing better than owning a plane is having a really good friend with an airplane <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that allows you to fly. <laughs> exactly. So you, you tr- truly are in, in the best position. Interesting that you did take that turn in your career. If you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about that. I, I'm wondering yeah. why why you made that decision, why not to go to the airlines, why you decided to get into making a publication full time. Right. So my. Uh, when I got into uh, the University of North Dakota, uh, my sister, uh, Robin, had, had just broken into uh, the airline industry. I don't remember. She, you know, like most uh, airline pilots, she bounced around, you know, between flying checks at night to charters to, you know, flying the canyon in, in, in uh, out of Las Vegas and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and and I, I was really, when I got to the University of North Dakota, I looked at my fellow aviation st- classmates and a good many of them did not grow up the way I grew up. They they grew up not knowing aviation. They just knew that that's what they wanted to do. Somebody introduced them and, to it, uh, thankfully, and they said, that's, this is what I want to do. I want to be a professional pilot. And they really had that heart-burning desire. I mean, it was brand new, you know, that love affair that just starts. And, uh, you know, it was hot. And, and for me, I had been flying already for 18 years. I already had my private. I didn't. I, I kind of opened my eyes to, wow, this is what it's going to be like to compete for that job, that coveted job back in the, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, you know, somebody announce a, you know, they're hiring a hundred pilots and there'd be 10,000 applicants right. and to be, and to be one of those hundred that, that gets hired, it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of patience and a lot, a lot more than I, I, I really had an interest in pursuing at that time. Well, um, but but yeah, so so my parents, my family was doing the aviation magazine. I I just like I want to stay in aviation. Came back and started working here. So something that's that I think is really important to mention here is that it it doesn't matter what you do as long as you get to stay with aviation. You you wouldn't want right. to leave this whole business. It it's just good. You know, I fly big shiny jets, but but you know what I do on my days off? I hang around the General Aviation Airport. Uh, now with that said. 
there's there's a lot of people that are listening. I'm sure saying, "Hey, you know, that's what I want to do and go fly for the airlines." And and uh, you know that love affair starts say during that period where they're looking at it as a career. Uh, you have a different perspective because you were around general aviation, and and that's a whole nother world, isn't it? Boy, yeah, vastly different, vastly different. One of the things that that's important though, and I, I try to tell people this. Is that if they're, you're an airline pilot listening, because there's a lot of airline pilots like to listen to this show and they're into general aviation. Some are thinking of getting back into general aviation right mm-hmm. now. And we hear listeners all the time tell us, hey, listen, if it wasn't for your show, we wouldn't be back flying small airplanes. Is that it, it is a transition from flying that, that airline back to flying a smaller mm-hmm. aircraft. I, t- I can't tell you how many times I hear from people, there's no way I would get into that. Uh, that's just too scary, or or I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, be, I'd scare myself because number one, it's different le- learning how to fly uh, general aviation aircraft. You know, just because you know I can land a, a large jet doesn't mean I can land a little one seventy two. And I'm sure right. you have quite a few friends that are in that boat right now. You know, it's the the timing of this conversation couldn't be better. I just yesterday I I, uh, I bailed about three thirty, and I met a friend who flies C seventeens for the four forty sixth Reserve Wing here at McCord field and he's also an alaska airlines uh, pilot on the 737 and uh we went flying yesterday in the cub and uh i said so when's the last time you flew small airplane he said i've got about 50 hours in a 172 from 16 years ago wow. and that's it and uh so we got in the cub and he just had a ball <laughs> and uh you know the weather was perfect the door and windows were open and you know just one of those picture perfect postcard days in the pacific northwest and uh and and so we flew around for uh, just a little under an hour. We went up to the fuel tanks and and uh, the gas pumps, and I I topped it off, and I spent all of twenty two dollars and seventy eight cents. And uh, I was uh, he he marvelled at that. Um, and uh, but you know it that that right there um, spurred a column that I wrote just I just finished right before we got on the phone here for for this uh, for this chat. And it's you know we spend. The, the industry has spent a great deal of energy trying to find that next pilot, you know, through Young Eagles and then uh, Eagle Flights and, you know, mentoring and whatnot. And my, my column title, at least right now until my editor gets a hold of it, is, is what about uh, military Eagles? Mm-hmm. What do, why don't we reach out to the airline industry, to, the, to those who already know aviation, but let's reintroduce them to, uh, to general aviation and uh, see if we can't. Bring a few more, uh, bring a few more folks on back on board at this end of the industry. Well, brother, I'm with you. I tell you, every yeah, time right? you get in a plane with a with a C-17 or an F-18 pilot or F-16 pilot, I I tell them what I do with small airplanes, and they say, "Wow, that is cool." I haven't flown one of those in so long, and you know what? You can open the door. You can put mm-hmm. your hand out, and it'll be in the breeze. You know, it's it's just like it's almost like you know riding your Harley, and you yep. have bugs in your teeth, and having so much fun. It brings back the fun to aviation. I feel. Yeah, yeah. Chad was uh, Chad was marveling like that. He said, "I haven't flown without a flight plan or without talking to anybody in well over a decade." I I'm I'm amazed that you can just fly around and uh, without talking to anybody. And, and uh, yeah, it was great. Had a great time. Well, that and, and people on this show always hear me say that the one thing that I love is the fact if I want to go left, I can turn left. If I want to go right, I can turn right. I can climb mm-hmm. and descend whenever I want to do that. And I think that's that's really cool. When does this article come out, and how how can you find it? 
Well, so it'll be, uh, it, it should be in our August, uh, I believe, let's see, I look at the date here, the uh, August 11th issue, which will be going to uh, the printer next next week, uh, and then uh, out in the mail, uh, just ahead of that uh, that date. So you can find it at, uh, at a lot of FBOs around the country, if, if you're not a subscriber, and um, and also at our website, generalaviationnews.com. So how do you how do you actually subscribe to this, and where can people can find it also? So uh, as I mentioned, we're I think we're at thirty four thirty five hundred FBOs around the around the country. We drop uh, anywhere from four to twenty copies of an issue, depending on how much the FBO wants, how many they want. Um, and then you know, call us on our eight hundred number, or, or go to our website and sign up for a subscription. We'll deliver a copy uh, to you twice a month for for a year or two, or however many you want. Um, yeah. You know, another great way to find them is uh, go to stuckmikeavcast.com. We we just put their right. news feed on the right side of our, our website there. It's a, some really cool articles and some real prescient things, some things that, that you know, you will find both uh, interesting as far as technical and also interesting as far as the passionate aviation. That's what's really mm-hmm. neat about it, and that's why I like General Aviation News. Uh, just click on that, and it'll take you right to their website. It shows you how to subscribe. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming most of uh, your readers are from the airport, or, uh, or are they actually subscribers that have it sent to their home? Uh, we have a good a good number uh, of both. You know, we, okay. we do hear a lot of people that uh, you know professional pilots like yourself that say, "I see your newspaper everywhere at every FBO I walk into." That makes me happy. <laughs> um, I don't subscribe because I'm always on the road. Okay, I get it. Um, but yeah, we have uh, many many thousands of of paid subscribers that uh, they want one mailed to their home or business. You know, within General Aviation News, I know that you have a a really robust opinion column and uh i one of the people there that i became friends with uh jamie beckett writes uh, uh politics yep. for pilots uh he actually really he turned me on to it even more so and uh but you have many other columns in there so kind of give us give us an idea of what someone's going to find within those columns within those opinion columns right so so we've got yeah we've got a we've got a really a uh, nice stable of writers. I feel right now. Um, there's there's Jamie and his his uh, ability to look at uh, a given situation and, and turn it to a positive toward aviation is is unmatched. Um, and and now he writes uh, and works a lot with uh, AOPA and and uh, helping the grow pilots and flying clubs down in Florida where he lives. Um, we've got uh, we've got two two. Uh, and I say this with all uh, appreciation and respect and love. Two curmudgeonly old guys. Um, <laughs> one uh, named Ben Visser. He's uh, he was a Shell uh, lubricants engineer for I don't know forty years or thirty years or something like that. And uh, so he he brings a, a once a month column to us talking about uh, uh, you know hundred low lead and lubricants and and maintenance of uh, of your airplane. And then uh, Mr. Uh, Paul McBride. Uh, I'm actually waiting on a phone call back uh, uh, to hear back from him on a phone call that I got into him. Um, he he worked at Lycoming for 40 years. He's a second second or third generation Lycoming employee, and uh, he he is Mr. Lycoming. He was the face of of Lycoming at, at shows and events all around the world. And uh, so his column, uh, people write in and and it's ask Paul. People ask him uh, various questions about their their Lycoming engines. Or any motor, he can answer just about any question about any motor. Um, Dan Johnson, who you may may know from uh, By Dan Johnson, he's he is Mister LSA. 
Uh, he writes a, a monthly uh, splog, we call it, call him uh, Sport Pilot Log. And uh, he keeps he keeps our readers up to up to date on what's going on in that that segment of the industry. Um, a, a relatively new uh, columnist, Jeffrey Madison. He's a professional pilot that spends a great deal of time diving into and digging into the data that is the NASA aircraft safety, the NASA reports. I can't I'm blanking on the the name. It's the incidents, not the accidents. Um, and, and giving us a, a really good look at uh, learning from incidents that happen um, right. in the industry. He, he, does, he does a masterful job. He's a great writer, very entertaining. Um, those, are the, those are the primary opinion ones. We've got a, a handful of, of freelancers that work with us to write news stories and features. But that's it pretty much for our, for our opinion folks. Interesting. You know, another thing that you've you've delved into recently is, uh, and obviously I have the Aviation Careers podcast, is the Aviation Jobs. You've you've partnered yeah. with an organization. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So JS Firm, Job Search Firm, is a a website and a platform for for people to kind of the monster, I guess, uh, monster search engine for for jobs. But it's all aviation related. Uh, Anything and everything to do with with the aerospace industry, uh, I think uh, anywhere from five six thousand to eight plus thousand jobs are on uh, on their website at any one time. Well, we've just put together uh, finally after a couple months of integration uh, their their data, which we um, uh, import into our database on a daily basis. And so at generalaviationnews.com, you can click on the aviation jobs tab and search the JS firm database on our website and find the job you're hopefully looking for and uh, click on the uh, uh, apply button and I'll take you right to JS firm take you right to uh, the uh, the page that you need to to apply for that that job you know I, th- I think sure. it's important to have that on your website because you know a lot of people in general aviation are looking at jobs in the future uh, in mm-hmm. as a professional aviator uh, or just you know flying part-time and where do they, where's everybody start general aviation you know, right. the 172. Uh, you know, when I did, uh, you know, IFT for the, the Air, airport, air Force, excuse me, there is all, it's all in 172s. It always starts right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another thing that you have that I think is kind of cool is that the Pulse of Aviation, that newsletter, which really, if if you look at it, is the same as what we have on the side of the, of the uh, website with your news feed. Is that right? Yeah, it really is. So it's it's the email version of the website, basically. So we take uh, we we load all of our content into uh, into WordPress, which is our which is our um, website host or content management system, and then it, it spits out on a daily basis a, a news feed that uh, we then use uh, an email service provider that sends out um, all the new stories since the last time the pulse was sent out, and it goes out Monday through Friday. Um, and uh, it, it sends out all the all the, the latest news and, and whatnot that we've posted. Um, we we the, our our editorial team consists of uh, uh, Janice Wood, our editor, and myself um, as the publisher and somewhat writer, uh, and that's it. That's our full time editorial staff. So we we have to we have to do much with few uh, resources. So we've automated this and and try to make it a little bit easier on ourselves. Um, but still get the news out. So we, we feed all the, the content into the website, and the website powers everything else. Interesting. You know, one of the things that you had started a while back we talked about is living with your plane. Why, why did you get involved with that? I know you have a history of living on an airport. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, so again, it, you know, mo- most everything we've got in the in the media empire that is Flyer Media, that's what we, that's what our corporate name is, was uh, founded by my parents. Um, we were at the time we were living on a residential air park um, named Shady Acres. It was in uh, rural Pierce County, Washington, and uh, eighteen hundred foot long, twenty foot wide, and uh, I don't know thirty, forty homes maybe. And uh, my parents, you know, there was a few other air park home developments in Washington. And as we flew around the country, we, uh, dad started looking at these and going, you know, I bet, I bet we should probably keep a database of this. And so uh, really it just started as, um, you know, shady acres and the runway length and the number of home lots and publicly owned, privately owned, open to the public, not open to the public, just very basic data. And we started collecting more and more and more. And, and today, our, our database consists of 620, 630, I think, worldwide. Uh, the vast majority, of course, are in the United States. I think Florida's got 70-something. Uh, California's got 50 or 60. Washington's got 55, I think. Um, so, yeah, we just we kept it as a, as a – uh, it was kind of a pet project of my father's, and it kind of built into more and more of a – of an entity, a standalone entity to now provide a little bit of feedback and some guidance and, and some inspiration and, uh, some hope to people that are either thinking about building an air park, live on an air park or looking to live on an air park. Uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's actually helped me. I mean, I, I'm actually looking at the, the air park living and buying land, et cetera. But one mm-hmm. of the, there's a couple of things on this website I, I want to focus on is if you're interested in, in living with an airplane, living with your airplane, you have the, the covenants. There's a whole section on covenants. There's a, a database there. Uh, you also have even, this is kind of cool, that you have floor plans of some of the different right. places, which I thought was neat. That's <laughs> like, like all the little pictures that are on there. Yeah, right. With ideas. Yeah, no, we've, we've gotten uh, people sent us, you know, just a, a, a very, uh, I, I hate to say it, crude uh, copy of their, their blueprints. And, you know, it just gives somebody an idea to, oh, that's what our house could look like. Right, right. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. The other thing too is that I, I like your resources page where you have insurance, you know, financing, uh, you know, appraisers, attorneys, that type of thing, even engineers, etc. So there's a lot of different things in there uh, that. Mm-hmm. You, so if you're looking to to live with your plane, this is a really great resource. So living with your plane is is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. We're we're, we're just uh, as I was mentioning to Carl off offline here. We were. Uh, we're just standing up a new a new website here on this, so we've got all the functionality of the old website, but we're adding more soon to be uh, air air park homes for sale that'll be much easier and more robust to use, and uh, so you can find that dream home on the air park. But uh, yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun. It's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of information there. You know, one of the things that that I marvel at is you know really uh, an air park. Uh, home is really not that different than a home in your general community that's not on an air park. You know, you've still got neighbor issues. You still got, in a lot of cases, covenants that you've got to deal with. You know, if you live in a master planned community or or whatnot. So there's really what really makes air park lifestyle unique is having access to that airport right there. You know, I, I, I said earlier I, I drove out to the airport to go flying with my friend yesterday. It was a 45 to 50 minute drive to the airport. I can remember growing up, and I'd, I'd walk 30 feet to the hangar and <laughs> push open the hangar door and go flying. Boy, that's a dream. That is a <laughs> that dream. Is, yeah. 
You know, it's interesting. The uh, There's a place called uh, Flying Cow. It's an air ranch. I'm not sure it's in their directory, but it's really cool. And uh, it's in it's in Okeechobee, Florida. And one of the, one of the things that's, that's amazing is you have so many in your directory, but there's all these little private airports out there. And some are, are almost air parks. Like, they're very limited. You know, they I guess they are air parks if they have, like, four residents, et cetera, or five residents. Uh, right. But there's so much out there that I, I had no idea. I had right. no idea that they were there. Right. Yeah. So we, you know, we, this organization really defined the term air park and, and it's, you know, there are thousands of, of, you know, for lack of a better term, ranch strips, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, got 4,000 acres of, you know, wheat or corn or whatever they farm or cattle. And they just, they put a, uh, you know, they grate their driveway, uh, smooth and they just land their, their 180 or cub or whatever on their, on their uh, driveway, it's marked on the on the charts, but it's it's just for that family, that that entity. So that's not an air park. That's a private that's a private airstrip. Um, air parks are defined as two or more home sites co-located on a on an airport. Interesting. Basically, that's that simple. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting because you know a lot of times we think they're air parks and they're not because sometimes you see them they look like an air park and like you're saying they're they're just a lot of structures for for whatever business mm-hmm. they have on the side, uh, right. but but really it's it's really cool and I think everybody should try to to live with their plane if they can. Uh, you just have mm-hmm. to convince uh, your spouse to do it. That's the hard <laughs> part. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose you know, but a lot of these uh, a lot of these air parks are are absolutely gorgeous and and a lot of them are in in uh metropolitan or at least uh, a somewhat urban area not completely suburban and out in the middle of nowhere there's a lot that are kind of in town so it's it's close to the to the schools and the hospitals and the malls and you know all the amenities you want uh, around you um, or whatever your lifestyle predicates you know there's also ones that are out in the middle of nowhere um, some people like that. Some people want to be in where there's restaurants and bars and everything else. So find the right one for you. Well, some well, some of us need to find an airplane first. So how does General Aviation <laughs> News do that? Does that help us, you know, GA News? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, we have a, a, uh, a small, and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the owner, so I can bash it if I want. Uh, we have a very small classified uh, section for aircraft for sale. Um, you know, the Internet has... Uh, taken away a lot of a lot of that business with you know craigslist and ebay you know there's obviously trade a plane and uh aircraft shopper online and barnstormers and any number of other websites out there that uh that can help but yeah we you know we, we really try to focus on on providing a, an affordable venue for people if they want to advertise their their uh, airplanes for sale um, but we also try to you know the things that that the other sites don't do is we tell the stories that that you know, in short, we hope will either entertain or inform or inspire somebody in uh, in and around aviation. And uh, if we can play a part in that, then then you know maybe we can make that that airplane move from uh, somebody that no longer needs it or wants it to somebody who does. And uh, that's a, that's a good thing, keeping the aviation thing going. So that that's the the thing that I wanted to stress here is that you you go through different types of aircraft, both certified, experimental, and light sport. And you have all those articles out there that may spur an interest in in that aircraft, or give me more in depth knowledge and get an opinion from an opinion leader in that field. And I think that's really important. Yeah, well, we try. It's uh, you know there's a there's a lot more uh, out there to say than than we've got room or time or 
energy to to do but uh you know we certainly try it's there's a there's as you as you well know carl there's no shortage of opinions and and uh and thoughts in this industry and uh you know trying to trying to make it all fit is uh, is a worthy challenge it sure is so what's next uh, for ben sclair what's next for ben sclair and general aviation news uh oh boy i get the you know it's it's a it's a combination of head down i get the next issue to the printer and uh, balance that with uh, you know long distance planning, long term planning. I, I've got a, I had an email in uh, yesterday, last evening I think, from a client that, uh, hey, we need your 2017 media kit. I'm like, oh boy, I guess I better get that finished. <laughs> uh, you know, so a little bit of that. I'm going to be hitting the uh, AOPA fly-in in in Bremerton here uh, next month. Looking forward to that. It's always it's always fun to go to a, a fun event that I also get to sleep in my own bed. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So, but uh, yeah, other than that, just trying to trying to get my keep my goal going of of flying at least once a month. It's hard when the airplane's you know forty five fifty minutes away. It's hard to carve out that time. But uh, it's funny because yeah. that's most of us, right? Forty five right. minutes away, but uh, it, it's doable. It's uh, yeah. it's funny to hear you say that. Here you're around general aviation. You would figure you'd be flying all the time. Yeah, uh, right. But 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 it doesn't happen that way, does it? It does not happen that way. Yeah, and no. uh, I hear that. I hear that all the time. Oh, it must be great. You're flying all the latest and greatest. Like, yeah. No, I also take out the trash and pay pay employees and pay printing bills and postage and worry about our web servers and all the stuff that a small business owner has to work with. Yeah, so. and, and it's true. I mean, I'm out there and I'm able to to go flying, but I'm in front of a microphone all day. And uh, I don't actually get to fly those planes as much as I'd like to. If I right. didn't, if I didn't have a microphone, I'd be jumping in the airplane all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Just like you in front of a keyboard yeah, oh, writing. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but uh, one one thing that's really neat, and I try to get people on to General Aviation News, is that it does bring back the passion of aviation, and and you do have some really cool articles that that help us in many different ways, and and it does bring back that that grassroots. Uh, type of of ga of flying it's it's not all commercial it's not all uh about right. uh just moving into a career a lot of the magazines that's all we talk about but you're you're really at that level of of hey let's have fun flying and uh let's instill that passion for aviation and you're right. you're a big tent you bring everybody in i would try it you know it's it's funny you say that because we've got a we're running a series right now from a guy a really good writer uh very prolific he's i don't know how many thousands of words he's written already uh, for us, but uh, William Debose, he he's writing about uh, the Sport Air Racing League, and he is he is flying with his um, using his. Are, are you ready for this? This fire breathing air coupe, and uh, <laughs> so it, it's all about him flying to a race, flying the race, and competing for the championship of the points total for the season, and then flying home, and 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 they're hilarious uh and entertaining and informative uh, articles that that go into the competition of the sport air racing league and it's really just what a wonderful um what a wonderful demonstration i guess it would be of, of him saying you know look air racing isn't just p51s turning left going really fast at reno there's there's other ways to get into and feed your passion for for speed and competition and general aviation and and He's having a ball with it, and uh, I think our readers are really enjoying it. 
I like this description, though, the fire-breathing arrow coop. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, all 85 horsepower. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty funny. That. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely terrific. Well, gosh, Ben, this this has been great. I'm I'm so glad you took the time to to speak with us here. With the, especially, uh, you know, you have such a, a busy schedule uh, and a production schedule that I, I think is is something that is really important. Has been consistent over the years, decades, decades, I should say. Uh, yep. And I'm hoping that I'll see general aviation news as I get older and sitting in my rocking chair and reading about <laughs> aviation. Uh, and and I hope that's going to be true. I hope that'll continue on. I don't. I don't see any reason not. You know, it's as long as we can profitably produce a, a print publication and people want it, we'll do it. Um, it's it's one of those things. Well, uh, Ben Sclair, General Aviation News. He uh, he has a terrific publication uh, about aviation. Uh, it really is is more about the passion of aviation, bringing people in. If you're there, it teaches you quite a bit. Also, living with your airplane is a, a really cool uh, publication. Even if you're not living in an, on an air park or, or you're, you're not even thinking of it in the, in the near future, dream a little. Go, go look mm-hmm. at them. Go see what, what they have out there. That's a, such a cool website. I do that all the time. I'm just right. poking around the, the country and around the world. I love just to see all the different air parks and what people are doing on those air parks. Also, uh, if you're looking for news, uh, just look at Stuck Mike Avcast. In the right column right now, we have uh, a feed where we talk to, about uh, with the columns that you have out there uh, for your e-newsletter. Uh, you can also sign up for the e-newsletter right on their website at General Aviation news uh we'll also have a link to that uh, on stuck mike avcast so go check that out ben i really appreciate this and we we hope to see a lot more articles in the future from yourself and also from a lot of our friends uh that we've interviewed here at the stuck mike avcast a lot of really wonderful people and uh and just think that that what you do is you're you're carrying that you're carrying that torch in general aviation and and we love to see that we want to see that continue so thanks again ben hey thank you carl it's great talking with you well, that was a lot of fun listening to, to Ben talk about uh, general aviation news and, and living with your airplane. I know, you know, who doesn't want to live with their airplane? I think that's really, really cool. But uh, I, I, I had do. so, oh gosh, yes. I had so much fun. Uh, I think he was uh, very, very gracious. He corrected me a few times on some things that I didn't understand uh, about Ben and about the publication. So uh, I I just, I think he is, he's just the the, the best gentleman that i could say as far as somebody who promotes aviation he's just a really really good person has anybody else met uh ben at any of the air shows yeah absolutely ben's a great guy i i didn't realize uh until the interview how far back in his family that the publication went um so it's kind of a neat thing that you know he grew up on an air park and and the publication was part of you know his his childhood as well yeah and i like the fact that uh, he he promotes this, this. It's like a tabloid that he has. It is. I shouldn't say it's like. It is a tabloid that he has. And what we've done is we've taken that that information from the Pulse and we've put it on the sidebar of the website. So stuckmikeafcast.com. Take a look to the on the sidebar there. So it's uh, it's really really interesting stuff because he's got uh, you know the, the typical uh, photo of the week that type of thing, but also some really neat uh, articles that that make you think. I think that's that's the one thing mm-hmm. I love about General Aviation News is the fact that he they they make you think and and kind of think outside the box that's what's really really cool but, yeah uh, anyway well anyway th- so ben sclair thank you so much for that interview we really appreciate it and uh want to move on to our next topic our next topic is the review of sully the movie 
And uh, I'm going to go first with my review, and uh, I want to discuss this from two different angles. Number one, from from an airline pilot perspective, and also from a general aviation perspective. And I think we have kind of a unique uh, view on Sully the movie here at Stuck Mike Avcast. This is something we've uh, discussed quite a bit. And, uh, and again, we want you to think outside the box on this one. Uh, but first, I want to say Sully the movie. Uh, and I'm going to be pretty transparent here on, the, on this whole uh, interview. So uh, in discussion about Sully, I will be honest with you, I almost walked out of the movie. And uh, I got uh, chills uh, up and down my spine. And one of the reasons is that it was so incredibly real. When I, when I saw the cockpit of the aircraft, I said, oh, there's my home. That's where I work all day. Uh, this is the plane I fly. And I felt so comfortable in the beginning. And then as we went through the accident uh, and, uh, and hitting the birds and all, suddenly uh, it, it rewound in my mind to a point where I was there and I was involved myself in a uh, incident and uh, it was incredibly stressful and unfortunately and, and I went through some of the similar things that Sully went through with the interviews with the FAA and and all the different people that were involved the FAA the NTSB etc and and it really brought that back to me. It was almost like a flashback. And so I was sitting there, and I, I looked at my wife, and I said, listen, I don't know if I can make it through this. This is just, I, I just, ugh. And it was probably the first time, and I never say a word during a movie. It was the first time that I've ever yelled in the middle of a movie. And I, I couldn't believe I did it. I said, no. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. And I'm looking around me, and the lady next to me looks at me. You know, it gives me this glare. I was like, oh, boy. Uh, so, And I, I'm thinking that she's thinking I'm going to go nuts or something like that. I was like, oh, boy, I better sit here and relax. And um, so I said to myself, I have to sit through this, and I really need to watch this, even though this might be a little bit painful for me and bring up some really uh, old things that have happened and some stressful events. It also made me learn that uh, maybe there's other people that, that went through the same thing and, and can relate to that. And after talking to other people who have seen the movie, I, I am glad that I'm not the only person who felt that way. But uh, So that was me. That was my personal uh, my feelings during the movie. Now, as far as the movie itself, oh, my gosh, it was, it was so cool to be able to see the airplane uh, and to as you're flying or as he's flying and they're flying I should say I'm I'm living through this and I know exactly what they're doing and I know the buttons they're pushing and why they're doing it and and watching them do certain things I'm like wow that was a great idea and and I'm like you know this is this is really cool this struck home and and it really was something that I really could relate to but here's the other cool thing about this movie and and I'm one a lot of people have asked me this question yeah it it really does depict the process uh, that we go through as pilots and airline pilots during an emergency. And it does show uh, how we go through a checklist and also shows that following the checklist may not necessarily be the best thing to do at the time. It also gives a fair depiction, I feel, on the process and the interview process during uh, both the NTSB and the FA investigations uh, and also the process that we go through uh, when there is any type of type of accident or incident, uh, there is a ton of things that happen. Uh, there's so many things that happen right after an incident. Uh, the drug tests, the the union gets involved, the company gets involved, everybody, the media wants to talk to you. Every fireman and police officer comes running to the plane, and they're all, uh, you know, down your throat. And it's so good to see, especially in this movie. Uh, 
to see the the union representatives show up right away, which was was really cool the way they depicted that. I I will say one thing, um, and we're going to get into this a little bit later. I I had a real great relationship with uh, some of the people that are involved, some of the committees, and I think they did a great job. I the the one thing that I I've heard some comments from other people is the NTSB hearing. Uh, if that was correct in the way they depicted it. And I, I felt they did. I mean, I wasn't at that specific one, but in my dealings in the past with uh, the things that I've had to go through, both as a aviation safety counselor, uh, with the FAA as a, as a, you know, I'm a volunteer aviation safety counselor, also as being a chief pilot for a flight school when I've been investigated or a flight school was investigated uh, and had nine letters of investigation from the FAA, all the different investigations that go on and how stressful it is. And also the other thing that, that goes through your mind is, oh, my God, am I going to fly again? Uh, are they going to pull me offline? Am I, gonna, am I not going to be able to continue on with my career? So all those feelings are brought up during this movie, and, and that's very, very true. So before I get into that, I also want to hear from some of the other folks that, that uh, actually watched the movie. And uh, I know, Tom, you, you got a chance to actually uh, review this movie, didn't you? Yes, I saw it uh, just a couple of days ago, and um, you know, I appreciate your perspective on it because uh, I haven't graduated to that uh, level of aircraft yet, but... Um, you know, so I, just from what I'm doing in my flying, um, you know, I could sense the realism there and, and was very grateful for that. You know, it was it was very well put together. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, it was terrific. And, and I don't want to, you know, spoil it for anybody else who, who hasn't uh, watched it. Uh, but I, I will say this. Uh, you will. Was it 208 seconds? <laughs> that it, that 208 the, seconds. 208 seconds. And it was the best quote from the movie is that after 41 years of flying, he's being judged on 208 seconds of, uh, of flying. And it's very true. That happens, you know, no matter what. And you are judged on those things that, that happen in those, those worst times. You know, because uh, we're not, you know, there's so many times that we go through things. And, and, you know, like instances and, and near misses, that kind of thing, where nothing happens and it just, you know, moves on smoothly. We're not judged there because nothing happened. But if something does happen, then suddenly the, the public, the media, they come after you. I, I will say that, uh, you know, I've had that experience where uh, when the NTSB was investigating uh, an issue I've had in the past where the, uh, it was the public forums really come down on you hard. And they do start uh, start. You start second guessing yourself, you know. It's and you say to yourself, "Don't wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is what really happened." And I love the fact that uh, Sully actually was able to to do that in the movie and take a stand for himself, which I think was incredibly important uh, while being investigated. So uh, the other thing that was interesting too is uh, a lot of people have asked me this online. So I'll quick go over this. The during the incident, or excuse me, the accident. And uh, when they hit the birds, one of the things that went on, and I've gotten a few of these Twitter questions, et cetera, was you notice uh, they started the APU, and people ask me why they do that. Well, the APU, that's the auxiliary power unit, it supplies air and also supplies electricity. And on the Airbus, there's, we need electricity to run everything. It's all computers. Uh, that are involved uh, in this aircraft, and they run everything from our, you know, low speed awareness, stall protection, to the flight controls, and how much they deflect the flight controls, and the different type of what we call laws that the computers uh, actually operate in, uh, you know, in the normal law and direct law, and there's different different levels that it can degrade to while you have certain failures, and those those computers all run actually by electricity. Without electricity. 
uh, it really is difficult to fly this airplane, to fly the Airbus. So uh, what we do is we try to get the electricity back online. It does have a ram air turbine, which is a turbine that pops out of the aircraft and uh, runs a hydraulic system. or uh, It's hydraulically uh, driven. Uh, a ram air turbine, which actually runs uh, the electricity and, and some other systems in the aircraft. And it's really, it's interesting. It's uh, how this all ties together and how, how it works. The other interesting uh, point I get from some people is, and this might be getting a little too technical, but I have gotten this question. They asked about the button that uh, the first officer, uh, Jeff Skiles Bush, it was a FAC-1, FAC-1, uh, and the flight augmentation computer, it's actually uh, what they did. The reason they did that is it resets the system. And by resetting that system, you will actually be able to get some of the, the speeds uh, on the uh, speed tape, like things like the L over D max and your low speed and your flap speeds and all that. And those actually will show up on the, the captain's PFD uh, primary flight display if they reset that. So some people have asked me about that. Those are little technical things. If you want, I'm not going to go into any more. Those are the two that I got the most. So if you have any other technical questions, please, you know, send me an email and I'll, I'll answer them. Uh, you know, why did this happen? What's the ditching uh, button? I get that every so often. That's basically we have a button in the Airbus where we press the button and it closes everything below the water line. Uh, you know, it turns off like the packs, the outflow valve, uh, which is, you know, for our pressurization, it'll close that. It basically allows the airplane to float longer uh, because it closes everything that's that's under the water line. There's avionics cooling ducts. It'll close those uh, so that the intake and the outlet, that type of thing. And uh, it's it's really interesting how this plane works. And But the thing is, you're doing this, and they did it in 200 and. Uh, eight seconds which was was incredibly dramatic so really really neat stuff there the other um thing tom from a general aviation perspective and and anybody else that's actually seen the reviews and wants to chime in they can but uh what did you feel what did you get out of it uh from a ga perspective tom i'm kind of curious as to what you felt well, um, other than the fact of uh, being cognizant of incidents and accidents and you can go on all day long about what that exactly means but um you know, for me, it, it was more about um, just kind of stepping back and, and seeing what happens afterwards and what's available to us as pilots, you know, um, if we do have an incident. Um, I, in my flying career, have already had um, a, a couple of them. I've, I've had two different incidences, um, one right after I soloed and uh, I clipped a, a fence on the side of the airfield and did a little damage to the plane and that... Um, was reportable. And then, um, I also, uh, after I got my CFI, um, had to, uh, I lost an engine, had to do an off field landing. And, and both times it was very difficult to find somebody out there, um, for some type of support, you know, for me as a pilot. And, and I, I noticed that with that as well, it was like, it was an accident and all of a sudden they were out there by themselves and they had all these federal agencies on top of them. And, and, um, while he had, you know, in the movie, Sully had re support from the union, but it, wasn't really um, support. They were just kind of there saying, okay, we're here with you, but um, not really um, any type of support. And what I found is um, talking to other pilots, being able to uh, lean on them. And um, what I found out is that I wasn't alone, that there was other people out there that had had um, minor incidents and, and things like that and was able to talk through them to that level. And, um, you know, that's something that I kind of walked out away from it. What, what is something that we as a pilot community can do to help each other for people that are um, caught up in an incident and, and you know, and or accident. 
Tom, I, you know, there's one thing that you brought up there is that uh, there's all these people that come in, and I'm glad you brought this up because this is the other part of the conversation. I want to bring in all of the other uh, co-hosts into this conversation. And, uh, first of all, one of the things that you said um, as far as him in the, in the movie, it depicts him as being kind of on his own, and you are on your own, but, but he actually had this huge network that I think uh, really couldn't, they couldn't get into, into the, in the movie. Uh, but the network that he had was, uh, if you notice, there was a phone call uh, in that movie, and I'm not giving anything away, really, uh, in, from the CHIRP committee, we call it, the Critical Incident Response Program Committee. And this is a committee in the union. You know, all the, the pilots' unions have this. Uh, where What they do is they, they help us mitigate the stress and uh, the stressful situation and also any stress that occurs from that. Uh, it actually is a committee. They do, like pre-accident incident uh, education but most importantly they're there for us and i will say i've i've received those calls uh from the chirp committee after or the critical incidents response committee saying hey how can we help you uh and so uh just to make sure on those comments that even though it in the movie i know it was depicted that he really it looked like he was on his own if you noticed he he really wasn't he had such a, a great number of people backing him up and uh, not giving anything away, but there were certain technical things that the union assisted him with uh, in helping him to plead his case, which I thought was absolutely awesome uh, that they showed that. And I kind of wish they could put that more in the movie, but I understand uh, this is for the general public kind of thing. But there's some very important things that come from that. Uh, the fact that they had uh, the union rep was there right after the accident. They also had them at the hotel helping out during all the hearings. They were able to contact the manufacturer of the aircraft. They were able to, to get the information that he needed. But most importantly, like you said, Tom, you're, you're on your own. Uh, you really are on your own, and you're the one that has to take charge of this incident. Uh, but we don't. We as as airline pilots have all these resources available to us. And one of the things that that concerns me as a general aviation pilot, having been through some very stressful situations as a general aviation pilot, or or somebody who's you know been involved with doing corporate aviation, we don't quite have the resources that they have at the airline pilot association level, which is the, the largest pilots union. And I wish we did. And what I want to do is I would love to open this conversation with, I know AOPA has certain resources. I would love to open this conversation with all the different organizations that are out there for the flight instructors. Cause, cause you know what? The flight instructor, like you, Tom, when you, when you had this incident, you didn't have anybody else to help you. You were on your own, but you actually went out and you discovered after talking with so many different people that, you know, this has happened to them, but you had to do that yourself. You didn't have somebody from any committee calling you, did you? I mean, it was your own. No, no, not, no not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it wasn't. No, nobody came knocking at the door calling and saying, hey, what can we do to help you out and through this Um Right, right. So, so what I want to do, though, is I would love to bring some awareness uh, to those of us uh, that do fly. And, I, and you know, th this is kind of uncomfortable to talk about, but there are times when we have some incredibly stressful situations, especially, you know, first responders. They have these issues where something happens and uh, there's they maybe have uh, PTSD afterwards. I know uh, when I was involved with this uh, one incident that I had, the committee sent me a, a mailing that said, hey, listen, if you have these symptoms, 
you probably are having post-traumatic stress or some type of stress from the incident. Because when I first was contacted by the committee, just like Sully did, I said, hey, I don't need this. I'm okay. Because we as pilots are so afraid to talk to anybody because it may be used in the future and we may, say, lose our license because, you know, we don't want to talk to a psychiatrist or psychologist because we're so paranoid that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose my medical. Whereas within this critical incidents response program, it's all confidential. You can talk to somebody who's been trained, et cetera. But there are some cool websites for us as generally aviation uh, pilots. And uh, one of them I really liked is the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. That talks about all sorts of stresses from all different environments. And there's some really great resources there. There's also a really cool one in Germany. It's called, uh, I can never say this word right. Uh, that would, Tom, you know German, right? Can you uh, spell that word or say that one? Stiftung Mayday Foundation. I'll have to leave it at that. But uh, it's, uh, there's an English translation. I have a link to it on, on Stuck Mike Avcast. But, uh, Tom, do you know how to say that? I don't know if you looked at that. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm not looking at it. No. Okay. They, there is, uh, it's interesting because I, I think this is a really, really cool organization. It's, uh, the, it's a, this organization that was put together for, to help other people that have had certain instances uh, and stressful uh, issues with their flying careers and in your flying career if you're listening you know you've had a stressful incident in your life if you had uh, stress in your personal life etc this is something you can look towards and it'll help you if you've been involved in a car accident or anything other else uh, life-threatening I'd really encourage you to look at some of the links that we have on this website uh, but uh, you know, I'd be I'd be interested to hear from some of the other folks here, as far as our other co-hosts. I mean, has anybody, first of all, been in, involved in the incident or comment on what they've seen happen to other folks? And 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 what do you think? I mean, do you think we could do more as a as a general aviation community? I mean, uh, I don't know if anybody wants to comment on that. Victoria, do you have any feelings towards that? I know you've you've talked a little bit about this in the past, but um, no, I mean. I, I always think when you think the FAA, the um, what's that? We're not happy until you're unhappy type thing. So I definitely am very scared if something were to happen about um, what type of actions they would take and if something were to happen to my certificate that I worked so hard for. But no um, direct experience. But if you so, let me get off on a tangent real quick. Go ahead. Um, I did actually visit the NTSB training center recently mm. and I have such respect for the accident investigators and what they go through to, um, put together and see how an accident happened. And we learned all about the TW 800 flight and actually got to go in the hangar and view this wreckage where 200 people were killed. And, um, Oh man, I remember seeing this. You know, yeah, it was just you were just in silence seeing this wreckage after learning all about it. Um, but it to relate it back to the Sully movie, it's yeah, at first I was like, who's going to watch this? It's, this? it's a tiny short flight. You know what happens. It's like the Titanic movie. You know, you know, it's going to, you know, go underwater at the end. Um, but I think it'll it's more relatable when you get to view it and see it and see stage by stage what actually happened to these people and the pilots, kind of like what we did at the NTSB Center. Interesting. Interesting. The, uh, I know, Victoria, you were unable to see this movie yet, uh, Sully. 
And Not yet. I'm seeing it with an airline friend um, this weekend, hopefully, and we're we're gonna see what the airline versus GA opinion is, kind of like wait, we were just discussing here. And I think what uh, I think we've heard a lot from people at the NTSB saying, "Hey, this you know this depicts us in a in a negative light." And uh, you know, having been through an investigative process, uh, I felt it if if it depicted it fairly well. Uh, and we don't know what they went through exactly in that scenario, so that possibly could be what exactly happened, et cetera. And uh, that may not be, the, you know, the actions of maybe one or two of those people may not reflect on the whole NTSB, but uh, that is what's going to happen. They're going to pick you apart uh, and uh, and look at every single thing that you do. Uh, from the airline perspective, I do know an individual that was involved with a, an accident, and uh, uh, they came after him, wanted to take his license away from him. But when they went through the simulations uh, from this scenario, uh, 10 different instructors went through it, and only two of the instructors survived. And uh, soon afterwards, about a year later, uh, he actually received the airmanship award from the union. So I think that's pretty uh, uh, pretty interesting to see that happening. So in Ow. the beginning, it's it's just... Gosh, you know this is this is what happens. Uh, we we have an incident, and everybody's going to pile on, et cetera. Uh, so uh, we have to stand up for ourselves, but know that there's stuff out there for you. And uh, I really I would challenge anybody uh, if you're listening to this that to to ask yourself uh, what would you do uh, after this incident, after an incident, if you had a had an accident, an incident. Uh, where would you turn? I know there are some legal services and uh, that you have at AOPA, but uh, we, we hopefully will be able to help you out uh, by some of these links that we have here. There's different organizations out there, and I know that it's, uh, it's really, really important to, to get help and, and get some, some help in, in your psychological well-being and also in your, in your physical well-being and also in keeping your license uh, and that's really, really important. But, uh, Victoria, you had a point? Yeah, um, just one thing that made me think of that, um, you know, about the whole process about how they were threatening to take a certificate away and so forth. Um, you know, we tend to jump and get mad when an accident happens and we're like, oh, okay, you know, the FAA is going to have all these crazy regulations now and the NTSB is after me, um, so on and so forth. But it kind of made me think, where would we be and how much um, developments would we have missed if it weren't for aircraft accidents and us learning from them? Um, for example, there's something that all airliners are required to be equipped with now because of TWA 800. Um, so if it weren't for some accidents, you know, and unfortunately a lot of people perish in these, but if it weren't for those, we wouldn't have the technology and the guidelines to keep us safe going forward. Yeah. Just a thought. And that's a great point. I think uh, investigating those, there's, there's some good things come out of everything. Just like you were you talking, I think what you were discussing is the inert gas that we have to put in the tanks now after yes. TWA 800. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that that's really, you know, all airliners have that. Uh, so that uh, we don't have that issue with, a, uh, with one of our tanks that runs empty. You know, we have multiple tanks in the airplane, so you know it doesn't mean the airplane's running out, but we have many different tanks, and those tanks that don't have any more gas in them anymore, then uh, we have to have an inert gas that's inside those tanks now because of TWA 800. So there are some good things that came out of that, uh, some neat stuff. But I'm not going to get too much in the in the weeds on those. I think, uh, like I said, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of questions. Please write in those questions about uh, what happened in the movie. I would love to answer them. Uh, maybe I, what I'm going to try to do is get some shots from 
uh, one of the simulators at work or some of the pictures I have to maybe explain certain things that happen in that movie and uh, send us questions at contact at stuckmikeavcast.com. Well, guys, we went a little bit over here today. We could talk about this all night as far as, you know, what we can do as general aviation pilots, etc. Of course, we don't have any picks of the week this week because of the fact that we had an interview podcast, but our big pick of the week is Sully, the movie Sully. They also have a Facebook page. We'll have links to that, uh, the facebook.com slash Sully. I really recommend uh, reading the book, watching the movie. We have links to all that at stuckmikeavcast.com. Everything we've talked about here, we have links on the website. I, I would highly recommend you're checking it out. Also, another thing, too, is that remember that we have all been discussing this from our perspective as airline pilots and, and also from general aviation pilots. We want to hear your perspective, too, on the movie. And uh, we'd love to, if you have something really uh, interesting that you want to say, maybe we'll read it here on the air. So don't forget to go contact at uh, stuckmikeavcast.com and write us, and, uh, and we'll possibly read that on the air and discuss uh, this and, and everything that's happened within this movie in general. I mean, just if you have a comment and you feel like you have a story, too, please send that in. If you have a story about something that's helped you within this podcast or just in general to help you move forward with what you're doing and you're flying, please send that to us. Well, guys, I think that's it. I really appreciate everybody being here this evening. I, it's uh, been terrific talking to everyone. And as you know, we are a bunch of really passionate aviators, and we, we love to, to push that passion towards you and hand it off to you, and hopefully you'll go out and you'll fly and uh, maybe visit an air show uh, if you can't uh, afford to go up and fly right now. Maybe talk, talk to people about maybe joining a club or go visiting an airport and hang out and talk about flying. Hangar flying can be so much fun and, uh, and discussing these issues. I hope this has been something that's been able to help you and inspire you to, to move forward in your aviation and life and also in your passion for aviation. I know a lot of you folks that are listening don't actually fly right now but are interested in aviation life. You know what? It's terrific. We love it here at Stuck Mike Avcast, and we hope you will join us in the air someday if you're not flying right now. Oh, folks, we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next episode, and safe flying. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.